The world of startups is pretty amazing. Many students out there are wondering, should I join a startup? Should I create my own startup? And they have a lot of questions in this space. Today's episode of Zista's podcast is going to go deeper into this very subject. Welcome to the Zista podcast, where we invite industry professionals and academicians to answer questions that students have within a specific subject. Today, we're focusing on startups, the startup hustle. And joining us today is Dabal Thanki. Dabal has over 18 years of experience in the tech, digital, SaaS, and analytics space. He's worked with a bunch of successful startups, and he's currently the executive vice president at Loginext, the world's leading automation SaaS platform. Now, Loginext is a big company, but it still really operates very much like a startup. Let's go straight into the session. Good morning, and thank you for coming here today, Dabal. Uh, thanks, Amit. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you about the entire piece on startups. And I think students have a lot of questions on their mind. Something that you could help us with is by answering a very key question. So let's say I'm a student, I'm graduating, and I have a few strategic options in front of me. I could look at joining a startup, or I could create my own startup. So what would be your advice to them? That's a that's a really interesting question to kickstart this conversation with. So, yes, I mean, we live in exciting times. The kind of choices you have today as a student are more than ever, right? And that's mainly driven by the whole uh, democratization of technology per, uh, fundamentally. And it's also driven by the the nature of businesses that we have today, right? Also, you know, tying it back to the point you, you made in your question, which is, should I start up? Should I join a startup? Should I join a large organization? Should I join a small organization? I think the best thing about this question today is it's really up to what you are really passionate about. Right. You really need to find that out. You know, while you are studying, while you are pursuing your career, or at whatever stage in your, in your, uh, in your professional life cycle that, that you are at, you need to really discover what is it that gets you going? What is it that you really enjoy doing? And once you figure that out, you can translate that into a career. And today that's possible more than ever. And that's again because uh, the opportunities are democratic. You, know, you can today uh, start your own company by just having a laptop, a mobile phone and an internet connection, right? I mean, entry barriers to practically any business are close to zero, right? So. You know, if I have to summarize all of this, it's really down to choosing the right culture fit in terms of how you like to work, what kind of environment you like to work in, and then, you know, picking up an organization that resonates with that, uh, irrespective of the form factor of that organization, whether it is a startup or a small business or a large business or even an entrepreneurial opportunity. Because none of these things, by the way, again, to put in a big, important not really a caveat, but an important point to consider is anything worth doing is never going to be easy. So, you know, if it's something you want to be an entrepreneur or you want to be a CEO because it's cool to be a CEO, that that whole cool quotient will wear off in a few months. When the real reality of running a business hits you, you realize that it's 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 hard, right? So you you won't be able to 
go the distance if you don't persevere and you won't be able to persevere if you're not passionate about it. So it again ties back to figuring out what you're really passionate about rather than getting carried away by something which is uh, an external manifestation of, of what you see in the world and then, you know, uh, you don't really have a foundational clarity on it. You're just, you're overwhelmed by what you see around you and then you just want to be a CEO because it's cool. So it's really important to, you know, bring in that little discipline in your thought process to figure out that, you know what, I need to do this because I deeply enjoy doing it and I can endure the hard days, I can live through the challenges and I can persevere because only then you will really see your career flourish, your, your, your life flourish in general because today your careers are very intertwined with, with your life. So it's really important to take that, uh, you know, that view of things rather than getting carried away. So, you know, again, in summary, uh, be really sure of what you're passionate about and be really sure of what environments you thrive in and then choose the right option for you. And remember that whatever you choose will have its share of challenges and you will have to stay committed. You'll have to keep working hard. You'll have to keep compounding your effort. Only then you'll start seeing returns in terms of job fulfillment, value creation, financial value creation, emotional value creation, so on and so forth. So that's how I would kind of look at it. You've really given us a, a lot of matter to think about. And I think I'm sure students will also be, uh, you know, looking at the points that you raise and saying, all right, I think this through. I need to be sure about what is it that I want to do and really, you know, think a little bit before you leap. Uh, doing that will allow you to have a more fulfilling experience and at the same time, make more appropriate choices. And, you know, entrepreneurship and having an entrepreneurial mindset, even if you are working in an organization, you can be an intrapreneur where you are being a change agent. You're really looking at processes or existing practices with a fresh eye and looking at how can we re-engineer this to deliver more customer experience. I mean, enhance the customer experience, deliver more value. So it's really interesting. Uh, let's go back uh, a little bit to students who want to, who are really keen to create their own startup. So the question is that, how do you find uh, the right idea, right? How do you find, um, you know, should, should students be looking at research, you know, looking at doing some kind of study before launching a startup and how would they find that good product market fit? Well, that's again a great question, but I just want to reflect very briefly on the earlier point you made about entrepreneurship is really not a job it's a mindset right you can be in any job on any uh, you know in any organization in the world and you can operate and think like an entrepreneur okay and and it, it irrespective of the hierarchy of the role of any other dynamics so if you can cultivate that entrepreneurial mindset and, and what is really an entrepreneurial mindset you know this whole ability to be ruthlessly solution oriented Soul ability to ruthlessly focus on value creation. This whole problem-solving mindset, you know, not right. getting bogged down by challenges, you know, continuing to chase your goal, continuing to chase your ambition, continuing to chase what you enjoy doing. That's really the entrepreneurial mindset. And if you can cultivate an entrepreneurial mindset, you can reap the benefits of that in ways you cannot imagine. So it's, it's really an important point, and I just didn't want to let it pass without calling it out, that you know, it's really about... about uh, cultivating entrepreneurship as a mindset rather than just as a role. You can be an entrepreneur as well in, in, in the real sense of the word, but in the metaphorical sense of the word, it's more powerful as a, as a concept. And that's something that everyone should really, uh, you know, uh, 
strongly consider cultivating for benefiting in, in, in their career in whatever it is that they do. So that, that is an important one. Having said that, let's uh, you know segue back into um, the question you just uh, posed, right? Which is around, uh, you know, if, if you are a startup, how do you get that winning idea? Right. And this is one topic that management books are really screaming about since decades, you know, right from Peter Drucker to Philip Kotler to Michael Porter to some of the recent uh, folks as well. Everyone's really, you know, evaluating and, and sort of investigating this whole process of idea creation. Right. And the one central theme which no one will disagree to is it's never really about the idea. It's about the execution. Ideas are a dime a dozen. Anybody can get an idea. In fact, I don't know if somebody said this, but it's a very, very uh, potent point, which is you don't choose ideas. Ideas choose you, right? I mean, anybody can get an idea. You know, you could have, you could be having a conversation and you suddenly realize that, hey, this could be an opportunity, right? What can we do about it? So there is, while you respect the fact that ideas are extremely important and ideas, of course, change the world, and that 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 of course is is uh, a absolutely well accepted paradigm. But what's really more important is your ability to execute on an idea. You could have a really simple idea and you could throw a lot of execution at it. You'll more often than not create value. Sometimes the idea may not be good enough, quote unquote, good enough from a certain frame of reference, but because your execution was super solid, you probably metamorphosed that idea into some other idea, which could then become an, 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 like a catalyst of, of uh, success in, in whatever way you measured it. But that was possible only because you threw a lot of execution at it, right? And that's where, you know, all this persistence, perseverance, all of that comes in. Because executing on an idea is, again, very, very hard, okay? You can get a fancy idea and get super pumped and charged up about it. But to execute on that idea, to monetize the idea, to create a market for it, to do the product market fit, like you spoke about, that's where the real gold is, right? And the, the, the deeper you dig, the luckier you get in terms of, finding gold with that idea in terms of, you know, finding the product market fit, et cetera. And that's where, even if you start with the wrong idea, like I said, if you throw super solid execution at a bad idea, what will happen is you will become that much smarter. Like Edison said, right? I mean, I did not fail 999 times because apparently it took him thousand attempts or hundred attempts. I don't know, but you know, the larger point is it took him, uh, let's say thousand attempts to discover the to invent the light bulb. Right. So when he failed nine hundred and ninety nine times, you know, when people say, "Hey, you failed nine hundred and ninety nine times. Why do you want to try one more time?" He said, "I, I did not fail nine hundred and ninety nine times. I just discovered nine hundred and ninety nine ways to not build an electric bulb." Right. And and that's so so true. I mean, we we really you know glamorize success too much, and we really. Um, you know, underplay failure a lot, you know, as a society. Correct. And and despite of us, you know, being evolved beings and, you know, we've gone through a lot of evolution technologically, psychologically, emotionally and all of that, we still haven't been able to fully realize the value of effort. You know, if, if something works, it's, it's, it's not binary. Nothing is zero and one. It's not binary. You either succeed or you fail. No, you really grow and growth eventually solves everything, right? Most successful entrepreneurs you see today have failed in their first or their second attempts. And then eventually they build up the, the big thing that they are now known for, right? So I think the, the, the larger point is 
whatever idea you come up with, as long as you believe in it, as long as it gets your creative juices flowing, as long as you, you are, you know, you're ignited by it, you throw super solid execution at it, either you will succeed or you will grow. All right. And, and as they say, in today's world, you know, even uh, entrepreneurs or, or venture capitalists or, or big businesses encourage the value of failure. But what they tell you is you fail fast, right? You make your mistakes fast. It's okay. You know, you, you try something because you're not going to make mistakes unless you commit to something, right? Unless you take the effort to do something. So it's okay to make mistakes, but make your mistakes fast, learn from your mistakes and do not repeat the same mistake again. Right. That expands your horizons. That allows you to eventually land on that winning combination where the dots connect beautifully for you to be able to, you know, quote unquote, succeed. Like even the great Steve Jobs really did not succeed with Next, right? Which is the company he founded after he was, uh, you know, he was asked to leave from Apple, right? right. Even, even at Apple, you know, uh, there were a couple of projects where he threw a lot of uh, focus, attention and resources to, which did not take off. For example, Lisa was the, was the computer that he was trying to build that never really took off. Even the right. Macintosh, when he launched it for the first time, wasn't really as much of a blockbuster hit as he expected it to be. So it's really never the idea. It's always the person. It's always the effort. It's always the persistence. And it's always about increasing your shots on the goal. Sometimes a beautifully crafted, you know, attack in football may not translate into a goal. You know, you have some beautiful passes, right strategic moves on the field, some magical gameplay, but you don't convert all of that into a goal because at the end, maybe the goal doesn't convert and you know, the goalkeeper stops it or for whatever reason, you don't end up converting all that magic into a goal. But does that mean that, you know, it, it wasn't worth creating that chance? No, you got to keep creating the chance more and more and more. Only then one out of those 10 chances are going to convert. And sometimes the chance that converts may not be the most beautiful of chances. But you got to that chance because you continued to do what you had to do. And that's really the, the, the real takeaway. So there is no easy answer. You know, you would have figured out what I'm trying to get to. There's no easy answer to that question. How do you get that winning idea? How do you get that? How do you understand the product market fit? Trust me, with due respect to everyone and everything that's out there, no one really knows what's going to work. No one. In retrospect, you can say yes, I could, which is why again, I, I can't resist quoting Steve Jobs over and again because, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's been a legendary figure, right, in the industry. So he, he, he said this other interesting thing where he said, you can only connect the dots backwards. You can never connect the dots forward. Right. Only when something works, can you then retrospectively say, hey, I did these things and therefore it, it added up to this. But while you're at it, you don't know what's going to happen next. No one really knows. What we can only do is be absolutely, which is why, again, it ties back to, you know, this whole passion and persistence part, because you keep increasing the shots on the goal. You keep being at it. You pick the idea, execute it relentlessly. It doesn't work. Evolve the idea. Speak to people. Understand what, what didn't work, what was supposed to be done better, etc. Evolve it to another idea. Keep throwing your full weight behind it. Eventually, attempt one, attempt two, attempt three, attempt five, attempt 999, <laughs> attempt 1000. Boom. Eureka. Yeah, it makes everything else worth it. And that's the beauty of it, which is why you really have to chase what you are passionate about and keep at it. That's really important. I've seen some really amazing, amazing people who are very brilliant, amazing guys. Uh, they give up at some point. They're like, oh, I've been doing this and it's just not working. It's okay, right? Again, that's also the role of the society to encourage, you know, that, okay, something may not work. It's okay. Nobody knows anything anyway. You keep doing this. 
And even if you have to transition from idea A to idea B or career track A to career track B, you know, sort of expanding it into the overall uh, career progression part as well, it's okay to do that. It's totally fine. You just discovered that something isn't going the way it needs to go. So you make the transition. You know, you're an entrepreneur, your business doesn't work, you tried a thousand things that didn't work, fine, you transition, take up a job, do something else. As long as it keeps your creativity going, as long as it keeps you passionate about what you're doing, as long as it, it gives you that joy and that fulfillment of doing what you're doing, the form factor of your, of your organization or the career track doesn't really matter. As long as you are operating at your best, as long as you are creating value for yourself and for people that you work with, and it's a net positive impact that you're able to generate in your life, in your career, and in, in, in the organization that you're associated with. So that's how I would want to bring it all together in, in, in some way. I, I guess it does answer your question, right? It does, it does. And I would say that you've taken a radically different approach, if I may say, in answering this question, because normally when you read about this, when you talk to, say, other people, they give uh, more, uh, say, the standard responses like, uh, study the market, understand if there's a TAM or a target addressable market. Do you, is your product or solution viable? Do you have enough number of customers to serve with that product or idea? And only then you follow through. But what you're really saying is really believe in your idea, focus strongly on execution, be passionate, persevere, keep at it, and it's okay if you fail. You know, so many times when you hear people speaking from the West, yeah. they very openly admit their failures. But back here, you know, we don't see people talking about failure so much. We just like to highlight success and in a way shy away from failure, kind of even hide it. But actually it's the failures that have allowed you to discover what's the way to do it, what actually works. And I think that's really important part of the journey, right? Uh, everyone needs to have a Thomas Edison's hat on, put a positive spin on the failures and say, I did not fail. I really learned how to do it better or differently. So that that's really interesting, you know. I would want to just add a few more pointers to what sure, you just sure. uh, spoke about, right? And this this whole thing, I think we need to shine the spotlight on this whole aspect of encouraging uh, constructive failure, as I want to call right. it, right? Uh, for want of a better word, because again, success and failure are labels, right? They are just labels from a certain frame of reference, you know, from a certain other frame of reference, as I said, from a growth frame of reference from a learning frame of reference there is no such thing called as a success or failure but from a monetary frame of reference there is a term called success and failure whether you were able to build a business that could generate a certain amount of revenue that's a very quantifiable monetary frame of reference yes you could put a label called success on on something that generates revenue or generates profitability value etc versus something that doesn't so that frame of reference sure you can use those labels but the world at large is much bigger and more diverse than just that one frame. Sure, of it's very unidirectional. Yes, it's very monolithic in that sense and it's very restrictive in that sense and it takes away from the spirit of existence as well. Because if you look at the human evolution, it's, you know, you dive deep into how we've evolved over a period of time. It's been a lot of trial and error. It's been a lot of mistakes that we made as a species which resulted in us being here where we are today, right? Right. And because at that point in time, evolutionary process had not invented the labels called success and failure. That's why it allowed the process to take care of itself rather than polluting it with labels and then, you know, kind of inhibiting its inherent evolutionary uh, prowess 
by uh, you know by 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 putting these labels on it and by kind of in some sense polluting its its original capabilities, right? So I think that's that's something that we need to look at. And the earlier point I mentioned about nobody really knows anything. You know, as I said, with due respect to to everyone and everything, we don't know until we know. It's really that. <laughs> and, and there is there is there are umpteen examples. You know, I would want to I would want to really because I'm not a Pythagoras or I'm not an Archimedes yet. So I really you know I, I can't be the soothsayer and I can't be sitting here and you know making statements, making generic statements with a lot of confidence, saying hey no one knows nothing, etc. Because it it needs to eventually be based on some kind of data, right? Because we live in the data age and you need data to validate every statement you make. Sure. Otherwise, it's a hypothesis. Technically, everything is a hypothesis because there's never enough data to fully validate anything. But taking away from the philosophical side of it and focusing more on the on the logical side of it, you have examples that validate this point. For example, when Google started building the search engine, they had no clue how they were going to monetize it. And I that's mentioned very clearly. I remember reading story. about that. Yeah. Yes. And there are many such examples in Facebook when Zuckerberg and team were building Facebook. They did not know how they were going to monetize it. They really had no clue. They were just executing like hell. They knew they had an idea which they were passionate about. They knew they had an idea where they could engage a lot of customers, a lot of users onto their platform. And it just seemed right. And they just kept going, and eventually the whole valuation, monetization, etc., came in. Same with Google, like I said, Google until a very long time did not know how they were going to monetize their search engine, right? In fact, they even went to Yahoo at some point to sell their search technology to them, where they told Yahoo that, "Hey, we want to license our search technology, and so that you know you, they could make licensing revenue out of uh, whatever use cases Yahoo kind of uh, you know uses their search technology for." But that was never going to be a big scalable business. It would have never made Google what it is today until, it's, until a, at some point they discovered that they can actually monetize Google by leveraging contextual advertising. That's when contextual advertising was born. You show people ads relevant to what they're searching for, right? So you don't carpet bomb, you do precision targeting from a marketing standpoint. And sure. that's where the whole revenue engine for Google kicked in. Right, this whole contextual advertising game literally was one of the biggest engines that drove most modern businesses to the levels of valuations that they're sitting on right now. Because that's became the the whole revenue generation uh, opportunity. Right, whether it is YouTube, whether it is Google, whether it is Facebook, Instagram, whatever you know, uh, uh, platform or app you look at, they are all driven by advertising revenue largely. Of course, now you've got subscription revenue, you've got SaaS businesses, there are many other business models coming in. But at that point, Google did not know how they were going to monetize it. And eventually the market showed the way because they were relentlessly executing on that idea. So suddenly things just added up and you know they figured out that this is the way we could do it. Had they exited the business before they figured that out, we wouldn't know of Google today as we know of it uh, in, in today's times, right? What really worked for them was persistence. Stay in the game. Keep increasing your shots on the goal. Keep doing what you believe in. And the universe will conspire to eventually get you to where you have to get to. Right? I, I love that line. You know, I, I first read about that line in a lovely book called The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Yes, about the universe conspiring to help you. And I, I've seen that happen in my life as well. So I can actually say that it actually works. If you're deeply committed to a goal, to a purpose, somehow life falls into place, allowing you to get there. You know so yep. it's really interesting and I just you know use some of the popular examples but there are you know like 
phenomenal number of articles written in various international journals and you can read up a lot of books and they all talk about this aspect of uh, you know continuing to persist continuing to just keep doing what you think is right keep doing stuff that you're passionate about and eventually things add up because it's very difficult to have a, uh, a idea and you say you know what this is a winning idea it may be a winning idea but unless it's backed by solid ed- execution and a lot of support from the universe call it luck timing whatever else it may not really fructify into what you think it will fructify into and something which sounds like a really silly idea to many may actually blossom into a magnificent opportunity because it metamorphoses over time through various ways to get to a more global more uh, fully formed state which then makes it a, a great phenomenon or a great success story. And if you have to witness that process, like I said, you got to stay invested. You got to keep at it. You got to keep compounding your effort. You got to keep moving forward. And you can only do that if you truly believe in it, if you're passionate about it. So it all kind of comes down to that. So All right. Yeah. Awesome. I hope you enjoyed today's session. There were so many things I learned from Dhawal. And I'm happy to say that we're going to be inviting Dhawal to continue this conversation Keep talking about startups and uncovering more aspects. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube to keep getting content and to get notifications for new episodes as and when they go live. Follow us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Our handle is The Zista Podcast. Till we meet again, we'd say, stay curious. Stay curious.